episode 137 of Board Games with Barry and Hex is all about our game of the month of the year. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Aaron and I recap all of our picks from our 2023 game of the month episodes. We'll also make a few picks in different categories before sharing our game of the month of the year, the top pick from all of our game of the month episodes. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Aaron talking about our game of the month of the year. Welcome to our game of the month of the year episode for 2023. Now, we, welcome to isn't even on the list. I don't think we played welcome to this year. I think it's still on the list of unplayed oh. games for the trying to play through our collection. We have not done this before. I don't think I don't remember doing it before anyway. No. Where we every month, the one thing that we definitely try to get out for this podcast with no schedule is a game of the month. We recap what we played in a given month. We usually pick a back to the table, something we want to play again, something we want to get rid of, and then a game of the month. So for this first inaugural episode of Game of the Month of the Year, we will at the end be picking our Game of the Year. Game of the Year from the Game of the Months that we have previously chosen so those months where i basically randomly picked my game of the month it's gonna come back and bite you a little bit now and i think that it's possible there could be if we just did it blank slate game of the year we might pick something different than our game of the month of the year you know what i mean but this is fun this is fun so but first as another review of 2023 usually at the beginning of our game of the month episodes we list everything that we played that month we are not going to list everything we played this year. It's that would it's 300 games, <laughs> I think. But we are going to list the games that were released in 2023. That we also played. That we have played. And those are, this is actually in alphabetical order, which oh. is <laughs> nice for a change. I uh, They're usually in some kind of random order. Ancient Realm, apropos of board game. We actually haven't played that yet, but apropos of board game. Bonanza Dahlias, haven't played that yet either. It is... What the... You're like... Three in the list and none okay. of them qualify. So let's let me back up. These are the games released in 2023 that we have played or own. Got it. And you're right. There were out of the first three, there were two that we haven't actually played. Ancient Realm, Apropos of Board Games, Bonanza Dahlias, Books of Time, Builders High, Camel Up the Card Game, Chicken, Chomp, Darwin's Journey Collector's Edition, Deep Dive, Empire's End. Ex Libris Revised Edition. That's yeah, that's mm. kind of yeah, yeah. Fiction, Fit to Print, Flip Town, Floating Floors, Freelancers, A Crossroads Game, The Gig, Good Omens, An Ineffable Game, Ice, Illiterati, Imperial Miners, The Lord of the Rings, The Adventure Book Game, Mission Control, Critical Orbit, Moon, Motor City, Penny Black, Point City, R Eco Plus, Rafter Five, Roller Coaster Rush, Rolling Heights, Royal Limited, Sail, Shake That City, Sky Team. Star Wars, the deck building game, Steam Up, A Feast of Dim Sum, and Waffle Time. So I think there's three games on that list that we're not going to talk about uh-huh. for the rest of this episode that yeah. deserve an honorable mention. Yeah. Sky Team yeah. is, is excellent. I, it does feel like Sky Team kind of snuck right through our list. Yeah, it should yeah. be on there. Penny Black is also a very fun game that Penny we Black played. Penny Black is nice, yeah. And then there was one more that you said towards the end that I remember having a, a ton of fun playing. Sale. Oh, sale is good, but that's not what I was thinking of. Um, uh, Sky Team, I'm not sure. Dim Sum. Oh, Steam Up is a bit. You almost picked that, which I can't remember which month it was. You almost picked it as your game of the month, 
But then you went with Downtown Farmer's Market instead. I think that was March. Oh, yeah. And Downtown Farmer's Market was a really fun. I thought you were going to say uh, Rolling Heights. I would say. Oh, that was also good. Uh, that That's one that kind of didn't didn't happen to make it into our actual picks for game of the month. That was pretty good. I liked Moon a fair amount as well. Oh, you liked Moon. Yeah. And it. I think it, it did get talked about that month. But again, not chosen. Darwin's Journey. I've since played. I played it a couple times. And I feel like, you know what? They did it. It, it pulls together really well. And I think there are some when uh, we're going to go through first a little recap of what we did pick for the yeah. whole year for Game of the Month. And then we're also going to do some little like side awards, kind of honorable mention sort of things for a few different categories. And then we'll actually pick our Game of the Month of the Year. And when I was pulling this together, some of the other 2023 games that I might fit into a category, we're going to have categories like best theme, most original. I did kind of select some games from that 2023 list that I felt like also I would give honorable, mentions. honorable mentions for that. So let's get into our recap month by month. We'll say just a tiny bit about what the game is to uh, spark our memories as we go forward here. And we'll go through each month what we each pick. So for January... I picked Wild Style. It's by Panasaurus Games and it's real time. And you're kind of like going around the city tagging graffiti. You didn't like it at all. Oh, and no. it is now actually in the coal piled. So and I think it might be the only game from game of the month to coal pile. Coal but pile. just because I don't think you really liked playing it. And, you know, you have all the games. The Something's got to go. Yeah. And I you picked, picked Gizmos. Gizmos, a game I can't recall. That's yes. not a subtitle. That's just no. a fact about the game. <laughs> no, I think it might be. This is all off the top of my head. I'm not looking at board game. It might be Phil Walker Hart. Sorry, Phil. I mean, we don't know. Maybe. Uh, but anyways, it you there's all these different little color um, marbles. And there's like this big marble picker. That's one of the more visually uh, rememberable things about the game. And you're kind of creating like an engine building thing with cards. There's different categories of action. So then it's sort of like... Once you start getting cards, oh, I'm starting out, to recall it. You do yeah. one action and it feeds into the other things that you have, and which I always like. Yeah, I think it's a very good game. It's a, it's also a game that you can like. You can really lose that game. Yeah. I tell you, yeah. if you don't have things together. Now we picked a couple two player, ga- two player only games in February. We did. It must have been a strong two player month. I picked Tesla versus Edison, which is what it sounds like. The scientists um, trying to get the populace to go with their one, solution one type of power over the other yeah and then rift force yeah is they're both like kind of battle line-esque games yeah i would say rift, rift force, force is even more, more exactly so. battle line game yeah yeah and you uh pick a few little decks of cards each of you do put them all together and then you are battle line style which means you have a center row you're playing cards in a different piles trying to win majorities and in the case of rift force that wins you points and right. the most to a certain number of points wins in March, I picked Atelier the Painter's Studio, and you picked Downtown Farmer's Market. And Atelier is, uh, it's like classic, the, th- the paintings you see in museums. Those are the paintings in the game. And you're kind of like a painter. You have these assistants. You're going and trying to get these works painted. Right. And I, uh, because it is just the actual artwork, it's a little bit art history education as well. And Downtown Farmer's Market, you remember yeah. this? Yeah, Downtown Farmer's Market. That's the one where you're like, you, you're trying to get like different volumes and collections of things in your farmer's market and you're making a grid. Yeah, yeah. you have goals along the top, goals oh, along the side. Oh yeah, very good. And you're drafting them. It's very, the iconography of it is just very simple, clear. It looks like, honestly, a toddler's game. 
But when you're trying to get those categories right and get everything oh, lined it's up, real it is, brainy. It, it, it is it, not the a beginning, toddler's it's like, game. Oh, I'll have a cucumber here and a tomato there. Yeah. And at the end, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't place anything anywhere. Right. If you feel that pull to optimize, then you can really get drawn in by that one. For April, I picked Broom Service, in which everyone uh, has these different witches that are moving around the boards, collecting potions. Good game. Yeah, it's it's a fun one. And you had Bottom of the Ninth. Bottom of the Ninth. Which I think is a two-player game. It's a two-player only game, yeah. Based on baseball. It's... Where it's like, it's simplistically representing pitches and hits. Yeah, and they do and I mean, stuff. They, they, lots of fun baseball fan service, well-themed, very nice. Yeah, which I don't think I really appreciated. Uh, for May, I picked Rivals of Catan. That's a two-player game. Which is just not as good as Catan, in my opinion. Well, it's different. Yeah, I think yeah. if you if you put rivals for make up some other yeah. town name, we made that we played that at Quill. I think you won, but we, you, we both played a nice game. It was a good game. I have no idea. It's very it. There's a, this unique idea about how you're building this long road because yeah. it, it's kind of close to Catan, and then you're turning cards to represent your resources. I I think it's interesting. I think maybe calling it Catan almost brings the expectations too high. Uh, you picked Istanbul. Istanbul, which is we just happen to play Istanbul in May. I love Istanbul. I think it's a Kinnerspiel winner. I think oh, it's Kinnerspiel, so. not Spiel des Jahres. Yeah, it's it's a classic. June, I picked Pioneer Days. I think one of my like new classics. I've really enjoyed the more that we've played it over the years. I just like it. It just feels like the right mix of things. You are like a pioneer going out west, trying to plan um, against disasters that will almost certainly befall you as you get different, uh, kind of have different people on your wagon to help you on your journey. And you picked Custom Heroes, which is John D. Clare. Good. Card sleeve system. Not one of the, I, I don't think, one that I hear as much about. And it's a, a ladder climbing. But the card sleeves let you change the values of what would otherwise be and effectively if you're a, playing cards. If you're a card counter, it also changes the balance of the values throughout. Yeah, so remember, the, like, what, the what more you play, and you can put these extra little things into the sleeves at any time, you can be altering the values. It gets like deeper and deeper as you as you keep going to keep up with it. And we only played one game in July. That's not true, but we both picked the same game in July, which was Ice. Yeah, that was a Kickstarter game. I don't know if it's come to retail yet. I don't know if it's coming to retail. It's the production of it is like nothing other like no other board game that you we have where you are picking up tiles. It's like a seven layer deep board or something yeah. and you're picking up tiles and in the game you're going deeper and deeper into the ice. You really have to excavate. You can't pick up tiles that are covered by other tiles. It's very it's yeah. it's, it's thematically just it, beautiful. It really yeah. it really works great. For August, I picked Fay, which is a reimplementation of another game, maybe Clans, where a pretty simple board but it's hidden as to what color. You know what color you are. Oh, this no game is super fun. We should it play really it more. Good. We should get rid of a bunch of games and just play that game. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that on the calling episode that is to come. You you know what color you are. No one else knows what color you are. And you're all collectively moving all of these pieces, kind of consolidating these clans down into smaller spaces. You're seeing the scoring go up the whole game, but you don't reveal yeah, who has like, one like only, well reds you in front only know which meeple red. you are yeah it's very yeah. fun it's very fun it's a good one and i picked robin hood the storybook game yes and it was just a delight to play i feel like that's one that i want to get i guess that's just a, august was a good month of things we want to get back to because we did play a little i think we had maybe 
yeah. couple games of the Robin Hood one. We could, yeah, we didn't finish it. No, but it it was nice. It was very it was a nice weeknight sort of thing because there's this story element to it. It's co op. Yeah. It felt casual but still engaging. For September, I played Illiterati solo and picked it for my game right. of the month. You are trying to defeat these uh, evil villains who want to spread illiteracy and you are, you know, uh, fixing these books and trying to preserve words. Really cute game. It's co-op. If you play with more people, I really, really like that one. And you picked Make the Difference. And that was the one. It's a oink game. Came in a little box where it was like you were making a Make the Difference puzzle. Oh, that was really fun. That's why I picked it for Game of the Month. It was it was clever. And I was better at it than I thought I would be. Right, right, right. It it makes you think when you hear about the game and say, oh, I'm going to make a difference in this puzzle and have people try to guess it. You feel like, well, I'm going to have to be an artist or something. Uh-uh. And that is not it. It's... It sounds like it won't be nearly Honestly, as much fun as Honestly, I think the is. artists struggle because they get too creative and then it's just easy to see what they've done to the picture. Oh, yeah, perhaps. I think Oink is really good at making a game where you're like, that doesn't sound like a game, an entire game. And as soon as you play it, you're like, you know what? They did it again. And everybody is thinking about our October picks. Everyone. Well, it's empires and it's just a Roman Empire joke. It's a in the oh, zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I, do, I, don't, I don't get it, but I don't do social media much anymore. So yeah, empires end. You know your empire is ending and you are just trying to manage that ongoing disaster. I feel like in a lot of ways, that's just how you like to play a game. Like, I know this is going to be over soon. Well, I am very risk averse. And I think that it just keys into something that I'm doing in my brain all the time. Anyway, kind of reminds me of End of the Year of the Dragon. It's a very similar thing uh, where you're just kind of planning for these disasters. And Downfall of Pompeii. I mean, yeah, another it was really thematic another disaster. in October. Yeah. Yeah. Really, October went fine for us to have kind of uh, rough themes. But in Downfall of Pompeii, after Pompeii has erupted, is it called? No. Well, it's it's the, the, the first phase is before Pompeii erupts. No. Oh, it's in between the eruptions. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, it erupted once and everyone was like, well, wasn't that crazy? And then you're kind of living you're and bringing playing. people back into the city. You're bringing just, people back into the city. Just to have them all die. Even though it's going to explode again. And so then the game, like, shifts. And you're trying to get them all out. Yeah. Uh, in November, uh, I picked Rafter 5, another oint game, uh, a small dexterity game that you kind of use the box to play. You have these different rafters and all these treasure chests. Oh, yeah, that's the one we played you're, at the airport. Keep, yeah, you yeah. keep putting more and more from on until it, it inevitably collapses. In spectacular fashion. Yeah. And then I chose Mist over Carcassonne, which I, I didn't think I could like. I mean, Carcassonne has kind of like run its course for me. Yeah. Mostly because you always win because you're a much better farmer than anybody. Well. So the idea of cooperative Carcassonne really resurrected that game mechanic for me, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, and I think there's nothing necessarily stopping you from using the base rules of that with your copy of Carcassonne and playing Carcassonne that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for funsies. And then in December, once again, we picked the same game. And yet slightly different games. Yeah, because I think we was, both like the different part of yeah, it. was two of games in one Eagle box. Plus. Yeah. There's two games in there that are pretty distinct. And in the one small box, one small box card game, but really two games. And we both picked the box, but picked different games yeah. within it, which is kind of a neat way to then you're not deciding, oh, should we buy game A or game B? Well, game A yeah. has two games in it and we both liked one of them more than the other. So that is our recap. Those are all the things that are eligible. For the categories for that you're about to announce. categories that we're going up. And I am saying, even though like I'm making up all of these rules as we do this first uh, episode for a yearly review, I'm only going to be picking the things from mine. I'm not going to pick things from yours. Okay. 
Except for maybe Ice and R equal plus. Yeah, there were things that were on both of our lists. That's true. So we each have only 10. Well, I guess the we total. Each have a, a, we each have 12. We each have 12. But I think what I'm trying to say is that there aren't 24 different games. No. There's no. 22 different games. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Right? I, that was uh, math. Yeah, there's 22. On the fly. Yeah, yeah, you, I, did a, you did a great job. Yeah, I really wanted to say 20, and I my, knew that was wrong. My 12 plus 10 of, your, 10 of yours that were unique. I know, but I fought it. Okay, so first off, we're going to do some auxiliary awards just for fun before we get to our game of the month of the year. The first one being best theme. Oh, hands down, bottom of the ninth. And oh, here's the you, thing. Yeah. I just love baseball so much, and it's, it does yeah. so many cool things. I don't really remember them right now because you can see that that was in April. Mm-hmm. But I remember like there were there were things about it where it's like, oh, they've they turned this silly game into a thing that reminds me of baseball. And it made I think what I found frustrating, or at least not engaging, because I'm not a big baseball fan. It seemed like it was true enough to the idea, the concept, the rules, the nature of baseball that knowing baseball was helping you execute strategies for the game. It's a pretty light game. Yeah, but there's like like the the trade-offs made baseball sense like in the yeah, decision making. Yeah, and so making. I had to keep looking at these reference sheets because there was this way about how you roll things and whether it's a ball or a strike and none of it made sense to me, but you were like, "Oh, that inherently makes some sense." Yeah, it was it was so well I was done. missing that context. Uh makes total that's yeah, that seems right for you to pick. I am picking Tesla versus Edison. Oh. I like, I think not every historical theme game am I just like default thinking that's a good theme, but I think it was well implemented. It doesn't get super deep. It also has lots of other scientists and people of the time in there. It has different cities as well that are like coming up and at that time, our own city is in it. How it all comes together, like the push and pull and I feel like it works very well with the actual rules of the game and how the right. game gets executed, how the theme is on it as well. I'm sure for a battle line game like that, you could find two opposing almost anything and make it work. But I liked the choice of that theme for that game. Some of the other themes that I liked from 2023 games were Books of Time, Mission Control, Critical Orbit were oh, both yeah. really interesting themes as well. Books of Time is, again, another kind of historical telling you things about actual in the rule book anyway telling you things about actual creators inventions things like that over time and mission control critical orbit fantasy it's fiction but you're kind of all working together to to land like a mission yeah. like a space mission and you know you're kind of trying it to fix things well as a themed. team one person was like in the commander thing and they had a different game basically than the other two people it's very fun yeah so it'd be kind of like a roll and write flip and write style game but you're feeding things to one another. Those bonuses that you get don't unlock something on your board. They unlock something on someone else's board and you're yeah. all trying to make it work. So next up mm. is best art and design. And my pick for that is a literati. I don't think you saw it. Yeah, I, I didn't play it though. So you I... didn't play it though. Um, I got the Kickstarter edition. I don't know if it was deluxe, but it did come with uh, embroidered bags like the literati logo yeah. on the bags. The artwork on the card and just throughout was it felt like something that I would also watch. Like it had a cartoon look to it. But if there was actually like some little show or movie about a literati and you're trying to stop this evil band of people like it was fleshed out enough that it felt like it could be a world like they could do more things there. Just throughout it, instead of it being like, you know, one static this one static that I just felt like. 
the art was really well done where, yeah, it felt like a world that you were in, not just like four pieces of art that we turned into the art for a game. Right. And I feel like for me, there's a couple games that were really nice in my list of 12, but I don't think I can, I don't think I can not give it to ice. Oh, okay. Like the, if you think about art and design, like you really are in a different world and everything about the game, like contributes to the game. And, And it's, it's not just like, a cool 3d board it's also a nice looking one yeah it kind of has a uh art deco ish kind of feel to it i think in the kickstarter and i know they did some subsequent kickstarter like things uh you i think you could get an art book for it oh yeah as well um another one from 2023 that i wanted to honorable mention was flip town it has a western theme and you kind of play this flip and write game with a deck of cards yeah. and the deck of cards that comes in there is really just a standard deck of cards. It's not like one specially right. made for the game. Everything is like red, orange, and then kind of like a tan yellow and uh, maybe black as well. And it's just the way that they were able to use those basic colors and that theme and just make it all legible, but make it really interesting for this, like a roll and write flip and write kind of game I thought was really well done. Nice. And moving on to most original, I have my pick, and that is Faye. And I think for me, it's I like that you don't know who everyone is, so you can't do ultra manipulative things against one person because you might be doing them against literally no one. And I think that kind of hidden role thing I feel better about. Uh, I don't find it as stressful or kind of like confrontational as things like werewolf or whatever, where there's this hidden role, but then you have to be figuring out your hidden role. I don't necessarily need to figure out everyone else's hidden role, especially if mine's doing well. So there's some incentive to do that, but because you really don't know who's who and in like a two player game, there's just colors that no one is, right? There's more colors. No one is than there are colors. Someone is. So I think I really like that part of it and that puzzle of trying to keep your color from being isolated, not only trying to actually get it moved up and, on. And to keep someone from knowing that you're pushing that color so they, they don't, because, you know, if, if someone knows that if, if it's a two player game and I know you're red, yeah, then it pays for me to kibosh red. But if I, I can't tell true. what your color is, then. And I think it's hard to know with a hundred percent accuracy still what someone's color is, even right. if you're pushing it up. So yeah, trying to, get your color in the right position. Sometimes it means, well, I'm actually not going to, you know, take this scoring thing. I thought about double bluffing you in that game and like pushing my color will forward fast thinking, Oh, she's going to know. She's going to think that I wouldn't just push my color fast. Well, and I, you know, if playing more Faye meant more of that, it would probably fall right down my list. So, so that no double. Um, so for most original on your list. And also I think it's all, it's true that, I might be a little more drawn to novelty in different games yeah. and you might not, you might be drawn a little more to what I'll say. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to say I, my winner for the most original is our eco plus. And I think what they've okay. done is well, one, it's two games. So there's, mm-hmm. but, but in both of the games, their mechanics that were foreign to me using cards, I, I think they really, it really felt like they let the theme of like eco-friendliness drive the game. Yep. And so they've been like, okay, we have these cards. We're trying to like, you know, encourage people to be resourceful and not waste a bunch. And like the game really like pushes you to make decisions to not be wasteful. And I think that's a, so I I think it was really original. And I think you can tell when a game is theme driven and not like, Oh, we had a game. Let's put a theme on it. 
mm-hmm. uh, which I think is always a little less enchanting. But then honorable mention to uh, to Istanbul, which is an old game. But like it's a, and I know it's just pick up and deliver, and there's lots of pick and deliver games. But mm-hmm. like the pacing of that game and how tight it you have to play to like be competitive, oh, it's, like it's, it's a really it. original. Like the way that things interact is is really fun, and of course the, the 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 board is modular, so it's different every time. And like every time you play it, you might get kind of a different mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. strategy to be keen on because of the way things are, are laid out. So I, I like that a lot. Honorable mentions from 2023 are floating floors. That was uh, one where you're like ninjas and you're putting the little oh, triangles and stuff underneath uh, cards, basically like playing card weight, square cards and trying to get your ninjas from one side to the other. So, yeah, it's a dexterity game. And uh, what makes it a little I don't say weird, but I think what makes it original, that's the category. I should use that word. What makes it original is that the little pieces that you're putting underneath, sometimes you have to put them on top, I think. Sometimes you put them underneath. You can kind of put them in whatever position you want. So it reminds me, again, sort of of Rafter 5, where you're just doing some things where you're finding out, as you play, you're finding out what's going to happen with physics. And like you're finding out there is just this, you can just get it just close enough to stay balanced and make your way through. And uh, Fiction, which is basically... It's like Wordle. Wordle. But with but the but if Wordle when it checked it for you lied yeah which and is, that sounds worse and especially sounds awful for me but really you're kind of making this real one person is like making a real time puzzle for the other person yeah, to solve um, yeah very interesting and now moving on to best production and this means like production like the components in it the the quality of what's there it could kind of be wrapped up in art and design a little bit it could kind of be wrapped up in theme but it really means the pieces that came in the box are like Whoa, look what they've done here it's not just some bad cardboard i mean i'm just giving this to ice again i'm also giving it to ice so yeah i was trying to keep mine original for no reason i thought of that and then i was like whatever i'm giving it to the best one and it was and the, the game that i picked for art and design which is what you picked ice for you hadn't even played it that's right so you know there's that so yeah ice i think that more than most other games the success of this one really hinged on the production of it right because if you have this super deep board encourage you to look up a picture of it it's all hex tiles they all get layered on one another and there's like this outer board that's actually held together with magnets still cardboard held together with magnets that keeps this sea of tiles all it's, together. And if that doesn't actually, if the production is off for that and they stick or they don't work right or whatever, if that's off, then like the whole game is but it's, it's, done. But it's the opposite of off. It is perfect. And there's no sticking of tiles. There's no, everything is perfect. For everything to rely on that as well, that also could have just been a big gimmick without much game but it really drives the gameplay yeah but the game was good the game wasn't super heavy which i think is the only thing i think is bad about that is that people are more willing to pay more money for a heavy game so you have a high production quality light game and i think that that is something that could hurt it because for a light game people are like well i could just get this for 20 dollars and right and not kind of do this whole ice thing but it is very fun and exciting to put it all together and to be interacting with it. It does feel a little more toy-like, but there is legitimately a game there that we both liked. Yeah. Uh, and some of the good production, best production, in 2023, also to mention Sky Team. Oh, very nice. And that's one that is a lot cheaper, very simple. 
but just top to bottom, it feels like they made it just right. Like it feels like they made all the exact right decisions uh, for that game from art and design to the components to how it kind of is a campaign and you can keep adding things onto it. Really nice, simple production. And Penny Black, which is, I think, Buffalo Games, they must have some kind of system resources that allow them to make such high quality things for so little money because it has acrylic tiles in the basic one. Yeah, they said like they make puzzles or they just already maybe make toys, make puzzles. They already have uh, apparently assets that other board game publishers, board game makers cannot access that easily because base games like $30 you can get at Target. And if you can get it at Target, you can probably get it for $20 if you try. It just comes with acrylic tiles by default. And usually that's something like for decorum. That was something that we had to yeah. pay up. They're not clear like the decorum ones, but still like in the uh the boards I think are are dual layered. Like everything is just nice in a way that it's what you have come to expect from maybe Kickstarter games or just a little more premium deluxe games. And it is not at all at a premium price. So for those, it's a little bit value of production, especially for Penny Black, which was still a solid game, a light game, but still a solid game. And now our last category before we get to our game of the month of the year is most surprising. I think it's incredibly surprising that I picked Robin Hood, a storybook for one of my games of the month. So I'll call that the most surprising, Uh, but it was, it was, I was not looking forward to it. It was this big game you put on the table and I was like, I guess we're going to do this tonight. And it was charming. (laughs) It was very charming. And we've played, um, the princess bride. Ravensburger has been doing these adventure book games, uh, princess bride. And we've done a little bit of Lord of the Rings. Now we had not at that time. And there's also a Wizard of Oz one. And you kind of play through the story of the movie. And I think when you see the Robin Hood one, it's bigger and you, it kind of, it has, I don't know. A, it has a really nice storybook that it says on the front, like, this is not a book. Don't yeah, try to read it this. Looks like you, it looks like something you could it's sell gonna to end, half it's price It's going to end up in a library, someone. yeah. And then just be like, oh, I bought right. the Robin Hood book. But you see, I, the, the Robin Hood game, even though it's similar to those Ravensburger games and that it's a co-op game, it's following a story. It's different. It's, it's more games. It goes closer to a campaign game. The storybook games just elements, feel like, like you're measuring your movement with the little ruler they put in there. And, well, yeah, and you have these uh, uh, sticks multiple little pieces. Yeah, the Ravensburger games just feel like kind of a few different maps of the same thing. They're much lighter. They're much easier. I think overall, there's less to kind of think about. There's less engaging story with it you know you're just Mm -hmm. playing kind of set scenes so there's a similarity between those two but the robin hood one is like next level i think uh my most surprising i'm gonna guess oh okay your most surprising is rafter five it is rafter five right i'm i'm surprised you got it right i don't know why you're so confident there's only 12 and you said you weren't going to duplicate so oh so yeah i am down to a lot a lot fewer now that's true rafter five i think it was kind of like what I said about floating floors, you're discovering the limits of the physics puzzle in front of you. Which is blows your damn mind and then you lose. I mean, if you're me. Yeah, you were doing things, you kept like being able to pull things off that I was like, how is that not falling off? Like, it's just surprising how close you can be. I think too, it's it's how close you actually are to ruining everything. You never really know. And then, yeah. So then you kind of like, oh, I guess I can I mean, push it, it a little more. Everything fell off. Yeah, it, it is true that we had a, I think what you would call a very competitive game in that like 
we kept being able to put things on there, put things on there, and it was getting really overloaded. So when one thing finally f- did fail, it, it failed with just enough pressure. That and just, everything was so intertwined. The rules are like when you knock five off. things off, and it's like, well, what happens if you knock everything, everything off? It's like, well, you've, you've also lost. Uh, and for the surprising honorable mentions, I will say Imperial Miners and Moon. Both of them oh, yeah. continued on not literal sequels of other games, but kind of these uh, series of games. For Moon, there's Streets and Villagers that are also done by Sinister Fish, and I liked Moon the most. And for Imperial Miners, I've liked, uh, it's kind of in the Imperial Settlers world, sort of. I've liked the standard Imperial Settlers, and I really liked Empires of the North. And so uh, Miners and Moon both coming in as the third games there. I don't know that I like Miners more than Empires of the North, but still, I think that that was surprising that they aren't the exact same game kind of continuing these series and uh, really enjoyed it. It's too bad so, we don't have a drum wall on the soundboard. We actually, I think we technically do, but uh, let's not. We aren't going to drum roll. What if, can, um, I, can we just do a... No. It, it's not no. It's not turned up. So even though I pushed the button, nothing no. happened. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I wish I had noted was of the games of the month, which ones did we do review episodes on? Can't really tell you that though. You'll just have oh. to, you'll kind of have to search for that yourself yeah i think there might be one for Faye. no uh, maybe not I don't, I don't know it's in the back catalog we definitely did one for our eco plus and builders high so yeah so do you want me to do a drum roll or you're just gonna say your game of the you month d- of the year? no there does not need to be a drum roll i'm so sorry okay you can do yours first your game of the month of the year now i did not have a non-duplication rule i didn't keep one for game of the month of the year i am picking the best design game and the best production game as my game of the year ice yeah wowed me and surprised me i I enjoyed it i am also picking ice oh ice hands down game of the year game of the month of the year right for the year of the month i was trying to not duplicate like i said and i don't know that the theme specifically i'd say the best but it, it would not be out of place for us for best art and design for most original for most surprising. I I think that it would have been fine in any of those categories. I picked it actually for best production and you picked it actually for best art and design. And, and best production. Yeah. So I think that it's a little, do I feel like, well, I'll ask you this question. That's what we got picked because of game of the month of the year. Do you think it was also your game of the year? Oh, I mean, <sighs> I'd have to think about it more. I don't know that it was like my game of the year. But I think that like for the out of the games of the month, the things that we chose to push up to the top, I still say, I mean, actually out of all of them, if if you find yourself with the opportunity to play it versus other things, I would say play it just to experience it and to see it, because I think it is unique and well done and still a decent game and a little bit rare. I think here's what I'll say. I think there's games that we played this year that I've liked better. Yeah. But I don't know that there's a game that we've played this year that I like better playing with you. Oh. Because I think, like, I'm always going to like games that have a little bit of deception. I'm going to like games that right. have engine building. I'm going to like games where you're you're meant to think three to five turns ahead. Mm-hmm. And you're basically never going to like any of those games. I Sometimes I like some of them. Yeah. But, I mean, playing with him and the me makes kind of skews you away from liking them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But this game, 
was both interesting, creative, high production quality. We had a good time playing it. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think I think if you say what's the game of the year for Aaron and Kelly, Ice Hands. Right. Down. And I think maybe it's that it is one of the most memorable. Yeah. Well, I certainly think, it is. Yeah. Right. And I think maybe uh, something about the way that we do our game of the month, the picks tend to be a memorable game. And I maybe that's also what's coming through on this first game of the month of the year episode. There could be games we liked more. And there's definitely games we played more, played more yeah. times. But maybe just in memory, that one sticks out a little yeah. more than all the rest. Yeah. Delightful. It is delightful. What a moment of unity to both pick the same game. Yeah. And we, what we, if we, you had picked some kind of nonsense, deception, whatever? I mean, you could have. I mean, I I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I want to be here for the game of the year 2024. Oh, I see. Yeah, let's do it. I see. That makes sense. That's that's a good thing. Thank you so much for listening to episode 137. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, X, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. We've got just a few more stats about our year in gaming to share as we move into 2024. I played almost exactly the same number of games in 2022 and 2023, coming in at 402 and 408 respectively. But I had a whopping 795 plays in 2022 and only 558 in 2023. But more of the games were new to me this year at 175 versus 2022 with 156. BGG Stats app estimates that I spent about 302 hours of gaming in 2023 on 195 different days. The next episode will be very likely the culling episode where we'll be talking about reducing our collection by 25%. Unless you're listening to these in reverse, in which case you have 136 more episodes headed your way. The next one being Adam, Aaron, and I reviewing the two exit game advent calendars that we tried at the end of last year. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. (laughs) 